crazy. You guys are really bringing me down, man. Like I'm, sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm being sorry. brought, I'm being brought down. Like FTX brought us down. Yeah. Luna brought us. There's so many things that brought us down. And now you're like, oh, and the world is awful. No, no more. Let's try and be positive. <laughs> what? Stop. What? <laughs> Dude. No, no, well, no. Anyway. Yeah, I was going to say um, news of the morning. I don't know if anybody heard, but uh, Fidelity, uh, they announced uh, Fidelity plans NFT marketplace and financial services in the metaverse. That was uh, newly filed uh, trademark applications outline a long list of possible avenues for the firm in the metaverse. So that was one of the top news this morning. That is the weirdest thing I've ever heard, seeing that like there's no metaverse that's like working at scale right now. So like... It's a, uh, I guess, I guess trademarking it now is good because like in a year from now or two years from now when that trademark goes through, it'll be, uh, it'll be good to go. So, I mean, yeah, I think they're going to try to redefine, uh, sorry, I think they're going to try to, you know, they're trying to redefine certain terms and the way they use them. You know, I see that a lot, you know, like metaverse in the future is just a website, you know, like that's like alternative, you know, in a sense. <clears throat> yeah, it is. So that's like, that's weird to me. Like, so Fidelity is going to have an NFT marketplace. Like, is that like, can I have NFTs in an IRA through Fidelity now? Like how, or how deep so are they going? Valid, by the way, valid question. Yeah. Well, it says that they have metaverse investment services, virtual real estate investing, crypto trading, NFTs, and NFT marketplace. That's what they're going to uh, start to offer. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, because I, I, that's a question I get a lot is like, oh, how can I put my crypto and like NFTs in an IRA? And I'm like, honestly, I don't really know. Like, I don't think anybody's really offering it. I mean, I, I, think, like, there, I think there is a way to do it, Nick. I've heard people doing it. Um, just an FYI. So there is yeah, definitely a way to do it. I, I It is. I think it is possible. But like. Because there's there's a custodian, right? So like you have to trust the custodian. And like, I don't know if I trust the custodian who is offering you know what i mean like, like yeah I, I agree with you i agree hey mariana you had a question go ahead hey good morning everyone yeah about fidelity hey. yeah they do have a index right now called the fmet where you can pretty much it's kind of like a mutual fund you can like invest in fidelity or in, invest in metaverse related companies um also fidelity is already in the metaverse um fidelity has the central land they have a little uh education platform there um, so it makes sense to me that Fidelity is, you know, diving into it just because of their metaverse presence. But then also they literally established a FMET um, mutual fund about six months ago, I want to say. Just wanted to say that really quick. So no questions, <laughs> just statements. No, that's useful. That's useful. So the question is, how does that work? Like, we don't even know how. I mean, it sounds really, I have to admit, it kind of sounds like really boring to talk about. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. why don't we, why don't you give us a third? Do you know how it works? With like, would, a, do you have would, like a 30 second overview of it? I wanted to go to like, so I have a, Fid, a Fidelity account, right? I have whatever mutual funds that my manager invests in. I think as like a user, I can go to my advisor and be like, hey, I would like whatever 1% of my money to go into this FMET um, fund. So I, I want to just say it's like a user's preference to, to opt into it. So they allow you to now allocate a portion, a proportion of your money into this fund. I think that's all that it is, to be honest. Got yeah. it. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at sense. it now. It's, it, it's just a, um, it's like an ETF yeah, so it's like trading that 
1980 right now and then you the realize top. you realize like you're you're talking to a bunch of like amateurs over here dude so like at the end yeah. of the day when you're like oh it's an etf and an ftc and a cf3 like well, wait, no, I can, not I everybody knows it, that i can make it super easy so like apple is one stock right mm-hmm. an etf is like a basket of stocks so instead of buying like apple nintendo nvidia you can buy like a technology etf which would include those stocks and others. So this FMET ETF mm-hmm. is the Fidelity Metaverse ETF. It's a basket of stocks and it's holdings right now. There's 56 separate companies in it. The top 10 are Tencent Holdings, Alphabet, which is Google, Apple, Nintendo, Adobe, Meta, which is Facebook, NVIDIA, NetEase, EA, and Dassault Systems. So those are the top 10 holdings. Yeah, it's kind of like your your daily SPF 500 fund too. Like it's like a you know basket of you know the top 500 companies. So similar concept. Oh really? Yeah, exactly. Oh really? Right. Right. So hey, real quick, guys, let's let's run, do a quick rundown of the market. Um, go for it, Crip King, and then we can just get into like some of the topics. Like, I want to go through like the craziest stuff we saw in twenty twenty two, and what we like kind of like want to see in like twenty twenty three, and hopefully we don't see crazier stuff. <laughs> go ahead, yeah, uh, go ahead, Crip King. Yeah, definitely. Uh, rundown on market last twenty four hours. Bitcoin's currently sitting at sixteen seven eighty eight. Uh, Ethereum Ouch. twelve. 12 uh and we're seeing since the markets uh stock market open back up a little dip uh but as with anything it will bounce back uh besides that uh we saw a report that a6 uh, miners have uh been hovering at the lows that they've seen in the last couple years and besides that i do have the top five winners of crypto but i will hold that for later on that's the market recap dope do we have any projects that have been pumping at all? I know no one's trading. I think, like, what is there, like 10 people actively trading right now or something like that, or 15 people actively trading? I can't yeah, remember I the mean, exact number. <laughs> right now, I know, like, <laughs> as far as from what I've been hearing, you know, uh, hypes on yay pegs, uh, but, you know, just like anything else, that could go up as well as down very quick. Uh, I've been trading, you know, I'm on, I'm on Tez a lot, and I've been seeing a lot of, their manifold uh kind of uh there have been a lot of addition releases on manifold that have been i've been enjoying i think a lot of the community has been enjoying and uh i think that's like really the hype right now is kind of those additions on manifold that lead to like other burn processes and things so i've been enjoying that as well yeah i've been reading a lot of posts from uh influencers out of nowhere and they're all like tez is the strongest community in the world and i'm like duh like I was like, like Tez has to be a strong community because you never were gonna get, and maybe you can get rich off of like Tez, but Ether and the Bull was like crazy, and uh, Tez was the place where you know what I mean. You would go to have like 300, 400 of the same edition, um, collecting dope art. I have to admit, I never got on the Tez, and I that art, the art on Tez was so much. There was a lot of times it was so much cooler than the ETH. Well- well, a lot of people don't realize if you have a Twitter, you basically have access to Kukai wallet, which means you could easily be on Tez collecting. And uh, I like Tez because I look for bridges to other areas. Like I see a lot of 
uh, connections happening like Tez to Nifty Gateway, Tez to other areas that are prominent like that, super rare and certain. So like for me, it's a I look like, you know, direct bridges. And so I see a lot of and plus the foundation over there is amazing, putting a million dollars into Masan's hands to buy art uh, in the last year. So, yeah, it's been fun, you know, and I'm I'm. I'm not super glued. I came here on the Tron blockchain, you know, and then I went to Wax and then I went to, you know, so I'm not super glued anywhere. So I, I like to move around and, you know, have fun in my collecting experience and my artist experience. Yeah, I, I agree, man. And the community is definitely strong. There's there's so many artists I came into the space first, that like with a whole bunch of like basically uh, – Tez artists. There were a lot of like people minting on Tezos because it was just so much cheaper than ETH. And they're like, yo, I can't afford to be on ETH. I can't afford, I can't do this, can't do that. And I'm like, oh my God, you can. You just aren't going to the right place. But it was interesting because you could actually take the same piece of art, like this dope art, and like put it on like Tez. And it's like, it sells for like 50 bucks. And you put it on ETH and it sells for like 1500 bucks. You know what I mean? Like the same art during the bull market, like people were minting in and printing like ETH. So I don't understand why people didn't take advantage of that bull market during the time, but you know, Hey, you know, you can't, can, uh, you know, lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink right now. Tez is a better option. Um, I think it's a better option than Polygon even right now, even though Polygon's like popping off. So I think it's yeah, kind of, I think it's I crazy agree. that it's popping off even go ahead. I, I agree. And, and it's like, it's what your intent is at the moment. You know, Polygon has certain, uh, things for certain intents and like i find like tez if you you know you're an artist and you're like new there it's it's a wonderful place for uh community it's a wonderful place for showing off your skills um it's definitely not a place like people just don't you're not gonna make it if your skills aren't in a good place so like you know i love i love it over there and i I find like we need to do more to branch out, you know, because eventually it's a full circle and it all comes back around. So it's uh, at the end of the day is how do you expand your audience, you know, and that's the biggest thing. Yep, I agree. I want to get more. Is there a somewhere where you can actually find like the Tez audience? Because ETH is easy to find on Twitter, right? It's super, I think it's super easy to find. Is there like large community spaces or like a collection is there, are there any collections on like tez even because it doesn't yeah, seem like there yeah. is dude like i haven't seen pfps rocking around here on tez dude it's yeah well uh like where for, is it? Uh, let's, yeah well i'll say there's an opportunity but uh in the same fashion there's a lot there's uh the Atez. There's a lot of collections that are out there, you know, like object, you can go to object and just look at the trending for the last year and find, you know, uh, a lot of PFP collections. The thing is, is like, I believe and I agree with you, there's opportunity to do more on the Tez uh, blockchain. And uh, that's why a lot of people have gravitated over. But you have people like JJJ John, like a lot of people don't know, like he's the top performer there. Uh, that does amazing things with like these window silhouettes. There's, you know, like I said, uh, Atez, there's, but again, 
a plenty of where do they live man where do they live though is there a discord like a tez let's just yeah yeah there's discord, discord but the thing is is uh what i'll say this like um yeah tez uh Odd tez has their own discord uh you can object has a discord fx hash has a discord but just like anything else it's a community within a community the thing i like about spaces and tez is uh in ethereum you don't see ethereum spaces you see spaces that are like to certain projects or certain things with Tez, you see Tez spaces. Like, so all you have to do is search Tez in spaces and boom, you'll find tons of them and they're shining on the whole community. It's not subjugated to one project, uh, certain agendas. It's like, this is what's happening in the community. I do four spaces a week with Victoria West on Tez. So like, you know, they're night times. You can find me doing that and definitely trying to get the education out, you know? <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, studio, go ahead. Hey, Lucas. Hey, Crip King. Everybody, up, happy holidays. I see a lot of same, a lot of good friends down in the in the audience too. Wanted to wish everybody a happy holidays and a joyous and peaceful time. Hopefully, right now. But yeah, I mean, I came up and Crip King said it. I think that uh, the test community. Um, and the spaces that um, Crip King and Victoria hold together, I think that's a really good place to start. Every time I go in there, I certainly discover a whole bunch of new cool artists that I, and also I see artists that I knew from day one of Clubhouse. So, um, and I, I, I'm going to, with Crip King's encouragement, I will definitely be minting on Tez. And I guess the other thing I wanted to say is like, as far as why there's not much attention there, I think um, we need some big brands. Like, you know, I'm talking to a couple right now and I'm, I'm kind of like sort of educating them. Although, you know, I'm not as, you know, knowledgeable on Tez as Crypt King, but I've certainly been around and um, I, I feel like when you bring on a Web2 company and um, if they're smart, they would um, test out Tez and uh, the community. And I think they would really be um, smart to do that because they would be one of the first, you know, Web2 brands that would come on board. And if they do well, yeah. you know, I think it's going to only amplify Tez and it's only going to empower the community. So that's one of the options I'm putting on the table whenever I, you know, talk to an entity. Um, because, I mean, ETH is great, Polygon is great, but I really believe in Tez. Like every time I really go in there, I discover so many awesome artists and I guess, Crypt King, please send me that wallet. Yeah, no, well, I want <laughs> to say, like, okay, wallet. so if you, yeah, like, the wallet access is uh, almost, uh, is so easy, you know, like, that's the first thing, number one. Number two, if you're a creator. Why is it, wait, why is it easy? You're you're, you're really confusing me even now. So, wait, because, Tez is okay, easy because of Because X. you can, okay, the download process, like, for instance, if I compare it to Hedera, the process of the wallet is, different in a sense you know like the way that they view their wallet with you're comparing hedera to tez right now right excuse me you're comparing hedera to tez well i'm comparing just the process of uh subjugating yourself to a new blockchain okay general. i wasn't sure because hedera like you're talking about a hash graph and, you're, and uh to me i'm i was thinking like how do we compare tez to like because everybody okay, knows consumer, 
consumerism, just let's look at the process, the easeability uh, of having a mm -hmm. Temple wallet uh, on your desktop, you know, downloaded in it very easily. Uh, the process is seamless. If you have a Twitter, you could have access to a Kukai that's already just activate your uh, wallet uh, that was, you know, basically provided to you with Twitter. Uh, so uh, the process is seamless in a sense because you can download your temple, uh, you could have it on your desktop, and you could be on object buying within 10 minutes, you know. So the process to me is easy to get to another blockchain where if I compare it to like Wax or Tron or Hedera or Avalanche, it's uh, it's a learning experience more than uh, the process of just, you know, like ease in my experience of, of going to Tez, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. Um, moving on from Tez. I mean, I'm a big fan, so, uh, <laughs> love it, but I got, a, I got a couple of questions for everybody here. So my question is like, uh, for the audience, at least, what are your goals for 2023? I'm going to post up the question. And uh, I want to talk about like the craziest things that actually happened in 2022 that we we thought were the craziest and then like go into those in detail. <laughs> um, and then I want to know like what you guys like, what you guys actually see in like 2023 is like possibly happening or like how long do you think like certain things are going to go on for, et cetera, et cetera. So question to you, Crip King, what's the craziest Thing. And by the way, I just pinned up that post. So if you guys want to like comment on that post, it's, at, it's pinned up. We're in the bottom right hand corner. There's a little, there's this little purple button, comment button. Comment there. Leave comments there. It would be great to know like what your goals are for 2023. Just throw in a comment. We'll respond. Um, and uh, I'll read it off here real quick too and be like, hey, you know, so and so has this for a goal. So um, yeah, Crip King, what do you think the, craziest top three craziest moments of 2022 for you well uh i don't know if I'll, I'll get i have two that i know well first of all uh the 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 whole uh board apes fiasco uh that was crazy having to go into rooms and defend and things like that uh what is that though what's the what is the, the writer the, the great the great the, the great ape fiasco you said uh, no, the, the, you know, the writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that fiasco, you know, the writer rips, the poly, that thing was like, so the, just, so the suit, basically someone stealing board apes, yeah, uh, yacht club art, flipping it and then saying it's for, you know, the common good and really profiting off of that and saying, yeah, everything's fine. Yeah. yeah nothing yeah. to see here. Gotcha. Yeah, that was that was something that was very, very crazy. You know, uh, just like I found it to be very distracting as well. Uh, another one was, you know, how, uh, you know, you kind of saw that no matter what we did in NFTs, uh, the market could be manipulated. So Do Doquan and the whole Luna incident was another uh, crazy thing, I think, for the year that uh, something I did not see that they were going to, you know, the way that they leveraged BTC, the way that just the whole market was kind of like we started to see the fall and then of course ftx for the if we would say three things you know like that uh those three things were just uh you know uh manipulation upon manipulation upon like uh manipulation you know yeah my question to you is what do you actually think in your mind what do you actually think happened with like ftx do you think like i think, think it's FTX, deeper than do you think 
I think it's deeper than we can understand. Uh, I believe uh, it's, uh, you know, my father and my uncle were both, my uncle was a professor at Berkeley for 35 years in the science department. And like, just, uh, I believe that it was, at the end of the day, this is just my opinion, but I believe it was very intellectual people that looked at a system that was flawed and uh, kind of like at a bird's eye view and said, okay, these are the ways that we can manipulate it. How far we can dive into that, I don't really know, but I believe this are going to be like 20 years from now, like, a, like things are going to still be coming out that we're going to be shocked about, you know? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, I'm just wonder if like FTX or was Luna the reason why FTX crashed? You know what I mean? Like, or was it just a shrewd business move by CZ to like crash their system? You know? So I don't well, know. it's the problem of like uh, I believe it's the problem of uh, leveraging in the in a sense where people look at like just the way we've been taught money, just like, you know, the, the way that it's lent in the web two space and the way that we understand money, it's just, we got to give, get away from this hungerness to leverage everything that we own, you know? Yeah. I couldn't agree more, man. I, that that's definitely something I, I agree with everybody in the space right now. If you guys could retweet out the space, it's pinned above. Let's get as many people in the space so we can get the show uh cranking right now all right so nick young what do you think what's the 2022 the craziest three things you remember seeing so um i mean Krypton kind of covered like i think what everybody's like top three would be i no think way, some, dude some no some, some follow-up different ones um you know just kind of lending to my insights that i have as a cpa um I think we saw that attempted court case. Um, I don't. I, I can never remember the name of it, but the guy um, filed an amended return for his staking rewards to say that the rewards were non-taxable, and the IRS accepted the amended return. He tried to take them to court, but um, they said that because they accepted the amendment, there was no reason to go to court. So they they kind of avoided creating like a precedent which I think is interesting. Um, but I, I, you know, it, it doesn't give like any sort of legal standing to say that staking rewards aren't taxable. So they could come back and say, you know, in the future that they are taxable, but I think like it kind of lends the support for an argument to say that they aren't, which I think is really big and interesting. Um, and then see, I'm trying to think, kind of on the spot you know so yeah man it's uh you should be johnny on the spot you should be the man of the people you should have your finger to the pulse you should know exactly <laughs> what the you should have a top 10 list of crazy shit that happened in 2022 there's a there's so many crazy things that happened in 2022 you should have a top 100 list and it should just be like yep it's this it's that it's that it's this yeah i mean <laughs> it, like it's, it's crazy to me i think well i mean huge event was the move of eth to proof of stake right that was big that's huge the merge actually happened after it was been like saying it was going to happen for years so yeah right the merge actually happened um you know the world didn't end eth didn't break uh yet as far as we know so that's a positive um and like you know i mean we we kind of had i like it's not crazy because i feel like it's kind of like programmed and and like looking back hindsight it was like to be expected but i mean look we had the huge run-up all-time highs um 
And then we had like, you know, the 80% retracement. But I think that's like, it's like super comparable to, you know, the 2017, 2018 rise and fall, right? So like, I don't think it's like crazy necessarily. Um, it created a lot of like, I think new people onboarded and then people also kind of fell off because they got hurt buying the top. But uh, they'll be back, I'm sure. <laughs> Next bull market. Yeah, of course. Everybody everybody wants to like make generational wealth, right? At the end of the day, they all want to come in and be like, hey, I'm going to spend $100 and get $1,000 back every time I do it or $2,000 back. Like who doesn't want that? I mean, I like that idea. Um, uh, Mariana, you're up here. Why don't you uh, tell us what your what, uh, the three things that you thought were the craziest? Yeah, I, I made a, I made a small list that I can remember. Um, from like a metaverse perspective, the one thing that I remember was like the introduction of the other side land sales. I remember that like blowing up. Crazy. <laughs> like ape went from like twenty dollars to I don't even know what it is anymore. Um. And I, I just remember like the, like these crazy gas fees too to be able to buy one and people got mad they, their transactions like I don't know gave up or something I don't know but that, that was like one thing I remember um, also during like the Ukrainian war there was like over I had a, I don't even have like the right number but like over a hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin was sent to Ukraine for the war sorry hold on. like walking my dog <laughs> no it's all good hey do you know there's a there's a setting on your phone that actually cancels all the noise yeah, out is, um, yeah on the voices channel thing yeah you're right um it's, it's fine <laughs> but yeah and then the final one that i can think of i remember like this like crazy goblins movement like whenever i was on twitter spaces oh. all i remember <laughs> were avatar or pfps of just goblins and people just talking funny um, yeah, that was an interesting time. But overall, the blow up of metaverse in general, many, you know, invested into sandbox and the central land land. Um, and then, of course, right now, it's definitely hit a low, still alive, but hit a low. Um, yeah, so it's been a it's, it's been an interesting 2022 year, kind of curious to see what kind of gets developed in 2023 from the metaverse perspective, but then also where will our NFTs go? Yeah, it makes sense. I think it's interesting. The metaverse is talked about as actively as it is right now because there's just not a lot of users in the metaverse. So um, yeah. I find it, I find it, def I find it definitely an interesting thing, especially like Decentraland. I don't know how many like monthly active users or daily active users it has, but it's like a crazy low amount. So it's not a like a super sustainable uh, economy. And like that was the bull market. Now we're in like a bear market. I can't imagine it getting better, but I maybe I'm just I just don't know what I'm talking about. But go ahead, Nick. You got your hand up. Yeah, no, Mariana just made me think of like some other things that kind of happened. Was um, we got ERC seven twenty one A, I believe, early in the year, which was good for gas. Um, and then even um, you know, Azuki with their uh, like digital. Uh, the physical backed token, right? I, I don't know. Brett might be able to speak more on it if he knows more about it. I haven't looked too much into it, but what's what, up, were you, what were you saying? What was the last one you just said? Fidgetal? You said the, uh, like a digital in real life good versus like the digital piece of it as well. So it's like an FID card. Yeah, or, you, uh, they did like the skateboard thing where it was like a physical yeah. backed token, something like that. I don't know exactly. Like, like I said, I haven't really looked too much into it, but. Yep. 
It's an NF NFC. So usually it's an NFC chip and you program uh, a read only NFC chip and then you put it into like clothing or you put it onto an item and then you can scan it and all of a sudden, bam, you guys uh, becomes like a little networking tool um, and connection tool. I think it even allows, I think it gives like hopes out to you as well, like PO apps and uh, like you, you're, 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 NFC card is like restocked with a certain amount of ho apps or something like that. Every, I think it's like every month. I don't know how it works to be honest with you, but I know that there's some systems out there. You can do it any way you want to, but an NFC chip is basically, you can like scan it. Like you collect the PO app right away. Right. And like there's a certain amount loaded into it. And then, you know, that's it. You, like you made your 200 connections. You can sync up, you know, on that, that NFC chip to see like how many you've given away already and then like then track the people you met and those people can write, you know, basically message you back because you have like now have your information and you're connected. So it's kind of a cool thing. So, yeah, well, it's kind of like the same technology. Like I have a gym card, you know, that like, I yeah. can, yeah. And so it's like the same tech there. But yeah, the I can, I can was... program my, and I can program NFC chips right from my cell phone. I can just touch it to my cell phone and like literally program, read, write program, uh, NFC chips. It's like a little app that does it. Go ahead, Nick, yeah. you were saying. Oh, I was just gonna say too, like yeah, the whole goblin thing, but the the whole that kicked off like the whole free mint meta for a while, which I think we're finally like kind of away from. But um, you know, the and then that triggered a whole royalties debate and everything, which is crazy. So, yeah, the free mint thing is it's in twenty twenty one there was free mints like crazy, just nobody talked about them. You know, like cryptodes was a free mint, like it didn't cost anything. It's just you had to know the right people, and you know your your job with that knowing the right people is then you post that on your timeline right afterwards. And that promotion of those pieces like went through the roof again, they pumped over to over 15 ETH. I believe it was like tw they were at 20 ETH at one peak point for like 15 to 30 minutes. It was a lot. And, uh, people made a lot of money off that. Like VGF, you guys, remember, you know, VGF.eth, like he actually, I think he had like a an honorary that got bought for like forty five ETH when ETH was like thirty eight hundred dollars in ETH. So he did well for himself. Bread, bread's here, everybody. Red is the uh, blockchain developer for PepsiCo. So what's going on, Brad? What's uh? So basically, we're talking about our top three craziest moments from twenty twenty two. What were they? And then um, we're going to be talking about like predictions of 2023 right after that. Go for it, bro. Oh, boy, GM gang. Um, yeah, like in NFTs, top craziest like NFT. Yeah, dude. No, no, actually in Jet Fighters, bro. What's the top Ooh. three things that happen in Jet Fighters? No, NFTs, of course, bro. Yeah, Web3. I, I, can't, I can't fly. <laughs> so like, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's not what you said to me the other day, bro. You're like, I'm flying. Uh, I was, that was different. I was flying, apparently. <laughs> no dude let's see some crazy shit this year yeah i mean like um yeah top three bro like narrow down goblins like, go definitely big. goblins go is down. on there i heard someone mention goblins briefly that was just bonkers how that whole shit went down and all of a sudden that that floor climbed up to what at one point it was like what 11 12 what, what was the peak on that floor it got way up there though um i never honestly paid attention to that project for even one second except for like hopping in a few spaces yeah with like these influencers like sitting in the crowd uh -huh. like basically amping amping up the space while these guys like literally talked about uh Gary P sauce and a whole bunch of like other other things in these goblin voices but what i noticed about goblins is it freed people up to be like these crazy people like being able to like they literally bought a goblin i watched people literally go 
okay, I'm going to buy a goblet. And as soon as they bought a goblet, they switched their profile picture. As soon as they switched their profile picture, they started talking crazy. And I'm talking, one of my friends came into the space and I don't know if they saw my profile and they're like, oh, that's just a, you know, some PFP because I didn't have my face on. And they just rolled in and I'm like listening to the person talking. I'm like, I've known this girl for like 13 years. And she literally, literally goes, Hey guys, I can't wait to put on a profile picture. And she put it on and she starts literally talking like the goblins. And I was like, Oh my God, that's what this is. Yeah. It allows people to go crazy and like vent in this weird language and feel like they're belong to this weird gremlin like community. Anyway, I just think that was yeah, interesting. That was, so go ahead. Sorry, oh, brother. You're good, man. You. No, like that was interesting. Um, all of this. Well, I mean, recently, I mean, kind of the cap, the craziness that is youths, you know, uh, all of the art and then they didn't reveal the art and all of that debacle. And there was rumors the art wasn't ready. And then apparently it wasn't. And they were redoing all of the artwork. And now ultimately they're going to Polygon. That's, yeah, but think about that. Like all those were smart moves. Oh, yeah. Like the delay. I think that delay was on purpose. I think all of this stuff, how far can we push people? Oh, the delay was like, definitely on purpose. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the delay was there, like, oh, we're gonna release. Everybody's like, nope. And then they just did it and they caught they created all this controversy, yeah. which created all these eyeballs, which created everybody talking about them twenty four hours a day, because all press is good press in this case. Right. Well that and then it got released and people were like psyched. I think so. and I think the, the third to round it off was the whole uh was the Pixelmon debacle. Oh like, god. What, like like five, three yes. shit minting and then all of a sudden it was just garbage. Like all of it was garbage and then it turned into a rug and you know that that how much did that company how much did they raise? Wasn't it like a some crazy amount? I think it was I think it was north of ten million dollars off that. Pretty sure. That's crazy. Yeah, and then they just disappeared like, oh, yeah, our bad. We lied. Later. Yeah, I was going to throw in uh, another, like, uh, number four of mine would have been the Moonbirds uh, switching uh, to CCO. Like, that that whole crazy. And also just the whole drop weekend that uh, was wild, you know, and all the hype that came with them coming in, you know, uh, Kevin and stuff. Yeah, Moonbirds was nuts, dude. I remember, I remember that because everyone, yeah, that, that floor climb. How do you 30. feel about that, though? Like, that's another, that's a really good question. Tell me about Moonbirds, guys. Like, how do you, how do you well, feel, from, how do you feel about Moonbirds? And like, there was a whole, there was like a bunch of drama surrounding Moonbirds, too. Like, right after it, like, minted, a whole bunch of craziness, like, went down. So, what are your guys' thoughts on the process? And do you remember, like, all the stuff that actually happened with Moonbirds? Like, you guys tell me. Well, for me, like, uh, memory okay. test, this is a memory test for all yeah. you guys out there. Like we're going to find out if you actually remember what happened with Moonbirds. Cause I do, but I think the memory here is so short that people forget. Go ahead. See. Don't tell me you're Googling this dude. Are you Googling it? Well, I don't have a super mind like you, so I'm going to sit out and uh, I can like touch those. Uh, brief give us the high level. Yeah, give us the give us the high level. one. Well, I, I remember they came in, you know, a lot of hype, you know, uh, you know, and they're going to be a tech company. And then I remember the drop, which was kind of the way that they did the process. If I'm not mistaken, they were the first ones that went on 
the treated it that way on pre-mint and kind of like it was it felt like a way to keep people out in a sense and so i didn't necessarily jive with that uh then i remember it dropped it felt i ended up buying one for 13 and a half uh ETH. Oof. so like it was tough for me to get in and then um kind of found out as heavily vc backed in a uh you know like that was the first time that i think in my sense that i found that uh the scales could be tilted in a sense and then uh, you know you had your moonbird and then all of a sudden kind of in my sense uh, terms were switched and that was the first time that i was like wait a second because uh, i'm in, in web 2 space i work you know in that area so i was like kind of felt like a bait and switch in in a sense but yeah that was my remembrance <clears throat> what about you Brad? yeah dude that was uh i remember yeah that was one of like the first i think yeah it was kevin rose wasn't it and uh all vc backed and uh yeah that was it was crazy to me when uh well first they i think well, what happened first did they introduce staking before they went cco or did they go cco and then do the whole nesting stake your moonbird for all the other shit but either i remember nesting first i remember nesting first but you would stake it and so then realistically you'd have your moonbird staked thinking i'm getting all this stuff and i'm gonna license this ip and do all this stuff and uh then all of a sudden it was like oh just kidding we're going cco and uh then the floor just tanked i don't even know where the floor is at now i think it's still up there i think it's still a a valuable project for I think it's like eight or seven to eight ETH right now. Last time I checked, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, it was something like that. After the end, there was like, I think yeah, there was a bunch of stuff that happened pre-reveal too, or some shit. I, I I vaguely remember there was uh, what was it? Did they shift around rarities or something like that during pre-reveal? Lucas, do you remember anything about that? That there was something while they were hidden, and then before reveal, it was kind of like almost like a mecca type thing. They had a team shakeup, that's for sure. There was like somebody that left from a team like two weeks after the mint, like all this stuff where it was like, you know, if someone knows, please speak up. HBA, do you have any ideas on like what happened with yeah. the, uh, Moonbird? Yeah, <laughs> I was just about to say. I, give me, yeah, give me the deets. Dude. Yeah, give I me, bought, like, let's go. I want details. Yeah, I bought the all time <laughs> high at 55 ETH. So trust me, I don't. Oh. No, I'm still bullish on the birds. Um, the big thing I feel like you guys are missing out is Ryan Carson. Um, he left like, I want to say there were like 20 ETH floor, something like that. And someone leaked like his open, his glass door reviews from a company he sold. And they're like really horrible that he wasn't giving people like payments and something like that. And then he dumped all of his birds, auctioned his rare birds um, eventually he came back with his VC funding and, you know, swept the floor when there were 20 ETH less, but yeah, it was, it was Ryan Carson. That was the first stir up I would say. Um, and then it went into all the other stuff you guys are talking about. Gotcha. Okay. So that's interesting. I didn't, uh, I didn't know much about that. Interesting story. I heard somebody left the executive team to like do something else. And I don't, I don't really know much about that, but, uh, it was um, something to do with, I thought, like, somebody was, like, looking at rarities before they were, like, revealed or something like that. And they were, like, buying things that before they were revealed. I don't know. I don't remember the deets. I, mean, I feel like the derivatives kind of started to pop off around then, too. As soon as it went CCO, we had the burbs and, like, the the moon boobs. And you had a ton of derivatives on those moon birds. 
Well, they did the same thing though with like goblins. Goblins had like 12 or 15, maybe even more derivatives because people were hoping they'd make the mistake uh, and buy something that was that was wrong. Theoretically, I think it was um wasn't there like uh, ogres or like oh. trolls? It was trolls. It was the trolls. Oh, hobo town. Oh yeah, and hobo. Yeah, hobo. Hobo town. Who bought in the hobo yeah. here? Like how many how many people Nick, bought in Nick the hobo? Nick is king hobo, bro. He was like I'm King Hobo. I'm the Hobo Town hacker because I. Uh, how's that? How's that going for you, dude? How's Hobo Town going? Well, it's it's good tax loss harvesting, uh, <laughs> so it's not a complete loss. It needed to be done anyway. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I got a lot of followers from it from being the Hobo Town hacker. Nice. And uh, yeah, it just is what it is. I like it, dude. I like it. All right, so I'm gonna give you my top three guys, if you don't mind. I think the craziest stuff that happened was like Beanie, um, Beanie Maxi. I actually liked listening to him. He was like one of the most entertaining like space hosts as far as I was concerned. So I really liked his content, um, but he got basically canceled in the NFT space um, for basically being called out for like doing a whole bunch of stuff that I have no idea if it's accurate or not. You know what I mean? I just read, I read the thread and I just think these, uh, you know, these online vigilantes, like, that's great. I'm glad they have, they feel like they have a job and stuff like that. I'm, you know, more respect to whatever they can do to like earn money and respect and donations or whatever the case may be. That's awesome. I just don't like people slandering other people across like Twitter's timeline, regardless of what you're doing. It's just, you know, I think it's not a good business practice. Um, what's the second one? Um, What's crazy? Oh, you know, accounts getting hacked. Beeple's account getting hacked, I thought was pretty nuts. Um, and then, you know what I mean? Like, it's not his fault someone, like, hacked his account and, log, you know, basically, you know, put a, a link up that, you know, took a bunch of people's money, which, by the way, is horrible. Like, getting hacked is the worst thing in the world. So I feel, like, awful for them. I wish there was some kind of, like, insurance policy or fund that, like, helped them like recover some of their funds or something like that. And that's where I, I wish those vigilante guys would go and like, you know what I mean? Like ask those hackers, find those hackers and get stuff back for people. I can tell you right now, it's easier to write a thread than it is to actually help other people. Um, so I think, you know, Hey, focus on helping the other people and those other people will be your, your loudest voices in the room telling everybody like, Hey, these, this person really helped me out. Talk about marketing. That's all you really need. Somebody else talking, like saying kind words about you. And then another thing is like, I would say FTX fucked everything up. Um, I believe, you know, FTX was probably the biggest drama, but also, you know, it's like, maybe we shouldn't give too much, too much juice to this, you know, like watching this guy. We're spending so much time like talking about FTX in the news and like having, there's still spaces being held like, oh, what's going to happen now? FTX, FTX. Oh my God, FTX, I'm done with it. Like, let's stop giving this guy like some, you know, audio time and let's start moving on and like, uh, you know, seeing how we can like recover from this. But he definitely, I mean, it's kind of proof like venture capital like follows each other and nothing wrong with venture capital, by the way. I think most of the people in venture capital are really smart people. The thing is like doing their due diligence. Everybody's like, we do our due diligence, but you know, during a feeding frenzy where they're like, want to get into a market especially like a bull market, everybody's just throwing money at it because they're like, yo, 10x returns like almost every time. So it's a tough one. I mean, those are my top three. I have like 10. So those are my top three points, points. Um, you know, I didn't really ask HBA, like, what are your, what are your top three, my man? Like, what are your top three craziest moments of 2022? 
Man, so hard because like I know, but craziest, bro. Give me your like ones that just pop into your head. Um, Goblin Town was definitely a crazy one because people thought I was the founder for a while. Um, I was at like a bar on like a Saturday when they first popped off, and I bought a ton of them like at point oh one. Um, cause I was like, I don't even know what I was doing, but so I went on the space with a buddy and we were making those sounds before everyone was doing the sounds. Cause I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like this, if I get rugged, at least let me like have some fun and get some enjoyment out. So then I started seeing tweets saying like HBA is the founder and I was getting DMS. I'm like, guys, come on. Like, so that was a, that was a weird moment. Um, I'm trying to think of like what else I, I don't, I think Moonbirds was a, definitely interesting like the the life cycle of them they've kind of shaken up the market so many times you know redefining staking you know they just put you know all moonbirds on chain you know i thought that was pretty cool so i think everything related to moonbirds this year the good the bad and the ugly it's kind of been a great story um and rather than going to another negative one i would say doodles i think doodles has had you know, they've been very quiet this year, but I think they've had a unique year. You know, some great events they've hosted. Um, I really like the bucket auction. I don't know how many people, you know, were involved in that. I thought that was fun, but that's probably it for me. Don't even know what a bucket auction is, bro. But, uh, you know what I mean? Like, if you can you give us, like, a 30-second overview of, like, what that yeah. is? Or even yeah, so, seconds? like, it's pretty, like, straightforward. I've actually never heard of it. A lot of people have. But it's basically the concept that, like, you're – throwing pennies in a bucket and eventually the bucket overfills. So the way it works is the original cost of uh, Genesis boss box was like 0.13. So you put 0.13, right? And you'd be guaranteed one box. So what happens in a bucket auction is the whales decide the price. So you had people um, like Pranksy bought like a thousand. So he put like, I don't even know how much Ethan, like 500 ETH or something crazy. So the bucket starts to overfill. So then it prices everyone out who bought at 0.13. So it basically inflates the price of each box, the more money that goes into the bucket. Interesting. Okay. So basically get in early or you're going to get like priced out. Got it. Yeah. And they fund, I don't even, they, they built a ton of money into their treasury from it and it was a fun way. And, and I think no one really complained about it. I think a lot of the pathways in this, you know, in this market, we've taken money out of the market in not great ways. And I think the bucket auction definitely was intriguing and, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, I feel you. All right. Point, point Villa app. <laughs> what's up, man? Hey, so what's your, what are your top three craziest moments of the year, man? Hey dude. Okay. So I got to uh, do a good, bad and special mention. Um, well, it's actually bad, worse than special mention. I mean, I guess the whole, you know, our, our, our happy house of cards started tumbling um, with, I guess, the Three Arrows Capital guys when they were on the run and all of a sudden the $3 billion was gone. So that was the beginning. The end is obviously uh, our glorious Sam Bankman-Fried uh, literally running the biggest Ponzi of them all. Um, Gary Gensler's favorite, you know, nephew, um, you know, with Congress women and men blowing, blowing him kisses um, and writing the crypto bill, turning out to be the biggest fraudster of all. So that's the bad to those of us that are honestly building, uh, get it rough. And those that are here just effing around and having fun also get it rough. And hopefully he gets it the roughest. But I got to say in the middle, honorable mention to Kevin. Uh, that was just weird. I mean, that was just, it was just Kevin. You know what I mean? 
Uh, I still can't explain Kevin. Talk, you're talking about Pixelmon? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, Pixelmon, Kevin, everybody. It's like this pixelated I just character that looks like crap. Explain it to anybody. How much money do they raise? Like 70 million or something? 17 it million? Was, yeah, it was a lot of money. I don't remember. I actually at one point heard 100 million, another point, 10 million. I don't know what the number it, really is. I, I didn't like do my research. Anything. I could raise $100 million. Uh, I just have to figure out what I want to do, right? Yeah, 100, 100 mil is a big raise, bro. So <laughs> that's a billion dollar valuation on a company, usually. If Kevin can do it, I can do it. Kevin is the inspiration of every, you know, idiot out there. I'm sorry. Anyway, that was just my, my weirdness. Uh, it's been crazy. I'm glad the year is over. Uh, and I'm hoping 2023 won't be as bad. Yeah, Nick, what you got your hand up? What's up? I just got to bring up because nobody's mentioned it. Elon Musk, right? That was in 2022, going on Saturday Night Live. Oh yeah, we forgot about that. Wait, yeah, like, no, 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 dude, that was 2021, bro. When he was on Saturday Night Live, Twitter. Was it 2021? Yeah, buying Twitter. That was if which one? Are you, which one are you talking about? Like, did he go on? I don't know on, if he if he went on Saturday Night Live when for he Twitter. Went on Saturday Night Live. And then he was yeah, like, that was twenty. That was May of twenty twenty. He was like, where he oh went on. God. He was talking about when he was talking about Dogecoin. Yeah, it feels like yeah, yesterday. dude. That I'm was sorry. a long time ago. It lives bro, in yeah. my head rent free. But yeah, I mean, he bought <laughs> Twitter this year for sure. So that's something. Yeah, that's a big one too. I just don't see that one. To me, like that's not the biggest. Like, but of course, you know, everybody gets their own choice. So uh, that's not the biggest one for me, just because it's like you know, billionaire buying a tech company. Um, that doesn't really, you know, impress me. Yeah, it's kinda, not, like, not like Web3 related, hypothetically. Like it might affect Web3, but it's really not. Yeah, he doesn't, like Elon doesn't care about us, this stuff. So I definitely agree with that. Um, so 20, so uh, HBI, do you have something else to say about 2022? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if anyone said this. Did anyone say Zagabron? Oh, yeah. Was that 2022? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Gave, I keep forgetting. About him yeah. Being a girl and all that. Uh, I don't know if he's a, I don't know if he's a female, but I think he is, uh, you know, he's had multiple projects and, you know, some people say he fulfilled them all. Other people say he abandoned the projects. Um, I don't really know the answer to that. And I, it's not, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, I was not an investor in any of those. So I can't, I don't really have an opinion except for if the person, if a person promises like a big roadmap and they don't fulfill like oh we're gonna make a game and we're gonna have land in the metaverse and we're gonna do that and we're gonna do this and they do none of it and they just like leave i mean it depends on what they're they're saying it is so if you know if zagabond or whatever his true her, his her true name is like and they had like three projects before azuki and they were all base basically art projects and they were like hey we have really good art you know and it went up in value and then it went down in value like it's art right so if there's nobody to support it it's not gonna it's not gonna keep going up so for me at least i it depends on like what the real details are on that because i just don't know any of the projects he did before that they were none of, none of them were very interesting to me go ahead brad yeah what else was crazy that happened this year was all of the uh totally forgot about until just now all of the the rider rips yuga lap yeah we he crypto crypt uh crypt king already talked about that yeah uh, sorry man i missed it but yeah that's that's still going on isn't it 
we're still dealing with that. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, I mean, I haven't seen them writing or anything like that on the timeline. I don't really pay attention to them. Like, I think I have one of them blocked just cause I, there's already enough negativity on Twitter. I just block people who are like always like just trolling and trying to like F with people and you know what I mean? Like embarrass them on timelines and write threads about people. I'm just not anybody that does that like positive, like timeline threads where they're like, I wouldn't say positive, but like that are friends of mine and they start slandering things on timelines, I'm totally just going to not associate with you because I'm not a fan of people who do that stuff. And those guys are the guys, you know, those guys are a couple of guys that definitely do that. They don't care. So uh, they, they don't mind destroying a brand and, and other people don't mind like being anonymous and like slandering people across timelines. So those kinds of things I don't want anything to do with. Go ahead, Mariana. Mariana. Sorry, I was replying to a tweet. Um, another one that I just thought of, do we have any fellow step-in people in here? <laughs> that was another big one that I can remember. Um, I swear I bought it when Solana was at its highest. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was another, another rug one that I can remember from just I, when I was outside, I was thinking about, oh yeah, I forgot my, my good old step-in app. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know what that is, but I can tell you, like, I, I think people use the word scam and rug way too much in this space where it's like, oh, I don't like what this people are doing. Oh, the, you know, the mod didn't answer me. The mod didn't answer me. Oh, didn't communicate with me. Oh, he didn't tweet like back at my tweet. Oh, scam rug, scam rug, scam rug. Like it's just instantaneous, like just calling it something. It, I just, I don't know. To me, it just clearly isn't. You know what I mean? My so favorite I, is when they say, oh, it's a slow rug. It's like, yeah, oh. it's like, dude, what do you mean? Like, none of this makes any sense. It's whatever, dude. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of wanted to like reiterate, I guess, that point. Um, Cause like, I think like we put too much pressure, I think. Like, after a certain point, the builder's job is done. And it's like, you know what I mean? They got to move on to other things. Like, if I'm not making money to support myself and my operations with my tax practice, I have to close my tax practice and all of my clients get quote unquote rugged. You know what I mean? But like, I didn't do it on purpose. And well, just not just happens. that dude, they could just go find another. Yeah. They could just go find another CPA. You know, they can go find another tax preparer. Like if you say, Hey guys, I'm not doing I'm not doing any of this tax work anymore. People aren't going to be like, I'm so angry with you. They're going to be like, oh, okay, well, good luck in your future ventures. Like, yeah, see yeah, you later. Exactly. <laughs> and like, it's kind of the same thing with some of these Web3 projects. But like how you said earlier, it comes down to like, what were the promises made, right? Like nobody uses me as their CPA. And then it's like, wait, you didn't even give me an NFT or like, I don't get a free t-shirt. And it's like, dude, there was no expectation or promise of, me giving you a t-shirt with every tax return I prepare. You know what I mean? So it's like, what are the promises being made with the project? And that's why you really do have to like do your own research and not treat everything like a 10 times, you know? Yeah. And again, if you do cool, I mean, if you're, if you're out there buying things off of Craigslist, trying to flip them on like, let's just say eBay and it just doesn't work out and nobody wants your stuff. You don't go and try and like return it to the place where you bought it at a garage sale and say, rug, scam, you scam me because nobody wants to buy this. It's like, it's not a scam. It's not a rug. You just bought something on of low demand. So you might be able to hold on to it. You might be able to sell it and you might not. I mean, there's no, some things just have no utility. So HBI, go for it, man. Yeah, I like, I 100% agree with it. Obviously, I'm a founder, so I've heard it all year long. 
Um, a lot of people not being able to attach that the market's down, you know, 80% since January. So, um, you know, from that, I do think, you know, there's certain situations where founders enter and, you know, create a project and their sole purpose is to get out as soon as possible. So, you know, there are founders that are slow rugging. I mean, the, the definition is definitely accurate, but I mean, it is very overused. If, you know, for me, I've been here for, you know, a year since Fishy Fam's Mint and, you know, I hear slow rug. Why would I be here if I'm slow rugging? I could be going and making money elsewhere, right? So totally. I think kind of my take for next year, I think, um, I don't know how many other people are thinking this, but I think a lot of projects that might be dead might not be dead next year. And these slow rugs, like IP is always worth value if it's a good IP, right? Pudgy Penguins, we thought it was dead. It went to one ETH and under and everyone said, you know, this project's done. And then you have a talented person like Luca come and buy it and bang, they're at what, 6.7 ETH today. Um, I think there's a lot of projects in this space right now that maybe their current team isn't capable, but their IP is valued enough where they can become the next Pudgy Penguin. And I see that, I think that's going to happen a lot next year. Yeah, I don't disagree. There's lots of, there's also levels of like being a founder and like an executive at a company. Like, you know what I mean? Like the first 12 to 24 months, you could be like, you know, a member of the executive team or like the founders. And once the company scales a certain level, you just can't handle it. And they bring in somebody new. I mean, that's just, that's how it goes in the corporate world. At least I know that for a fact, there's CEOs and COOs that are like, okay, I'm good at this. You know what I mean? Like a company goes to chapter 11 or something like that. And they're like, okay, we need to, we need to bring in a new COO that's used to like chapter 11 stuff. And then they get, they get out of chapter 11 and that COO leaves and they hire another COO that's more like a growth COO, you know, like there's different layers of this. And then like, sometimes you're a victim of your own success where it blows up so much, like you're not ready prepared anything for this stuff. So again, I think founders like really get a bad rap with this case. Like, yeah, it's, it's an interesting scenario for sure. And, uh, yeah, man, HBI, good, good, good stuff, man. So let's go to 2023 predictions real quick. Crip King, give me, give me one single prediction you see of 2023. Like by the end of 2023, what do you think? Like, let's go with po a positive thing happening. Anything that's positive. In yeah. 2023. Just one this. thing. I said this before, and I'm uh, going to lean on it again. I think we'll see uh, blockchains that are uh, self-blockchains, uh, something that we see Samsung and Google working on that are going to kind of allow creators to kind of dictate more royalties. Uh, I don't know if the royalty base will be already uh, set up by the end of the year, but I think we'll see uh, more of these independent cloud servers that will serve as uh, self-blockchains. Uh, that's my one prediction for next year. All right, go ahead, um, Nick. Yeah, um, so I'm bullish on uh, like layer two solutions, right? And um, like IRL interfaces, basically. To um, I'll tell you about two companies. One you know, one you don't. Um, the one is um, they did the ape check for apes. I don't, like I, I'm drawing a blank right now. Something yeah, I know who you're talking. About. I know who you're talking. About. I know who you're talking about. Token proof. Token proof. Yes. Um, okay. So, like, I'm bullish on them, and I'm bullish on another company called Enzali that's doing something similar, but it's less for like ticket. So, like, token proof is is good, and like they're kind of building their software 
for ticketing. Uh, Anzali is doing it more for like NFT redemptions where it's like, cause I've, I've even been talking with them trying to get it set up with this coffee shop in Brooklyn, where if you own the NFT, you get like a 15% discount on your coffee, but you want to be able to like redeem that verifiably, uh, without allowing like duplicates and stuff. So they, they manage that like tracking to make sure that an NFT doesn't claim more than like once per day or once per week or something like that. You know what I mean? At a physical mm -hmm. location, you mm -hmm. receive a discount. So, uh, I don't think you need blockchain. I don't cases. think you need, I don't think you need blockchain for that though, dude. I actually think you can just do that with like the Starbucks app. You know what I mean? You use a code, use your rewards points and like, yeah, I don't think, again, I don't think blockchain solves, I don't think we need to like use blockchain to like try and solve problems that are already solved. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, we already have these problems solved. Let's add blockchain to it. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, man. I see a lot of that coming. Yeah, up. I get what you're saying, but it's more of like an interface between the blockchain, right? Because that's like your credit card reader won't doesn't like pick up your like MetaMask. You know what I mean? So you can't like prove ownership of the NFT easily with like normies, basically, right? Because think about it, like the barista at the coffee shop doesn't know anything about your NFT. So. Because, like, hypothetically, Starbucks could release an NFT that says, like, lifetime daily 15% discount at every Starbucks across the world. The problem is Starbucks, people who work at Starbucks don't know what the hell an NFT is or how to check that. And it's just too complicated, right? So you need some sort of, like, reader system to, like, or just verify like a, and track. Or just, like a, or, just like a, or just, like, a point system. Like, you know what I mean? Like a Starbucks, like Starbucks points that is, that's in their app already. Uh, also, Starbucks is rolling out NFTs this year on Polygon. So just yeah, they already they already have you. Yeah. And I don't totally. think yeah, race of people that aren't on planet Earth. They they're like a lot of people that know what NFTs are themselves. They're not like totally disassociated with technology. Yep, that's true. That is true. So I got a comment down here from NFT Buzz man, always coming up with the uh, the good comments. He's basically saying. He's so grateful for all the dope collectors, builders, and creators we've met in the space. I couldn't agree with you more, NFT Buzz. Mad respect, my man. Anybody wants to top the, tap the bottom right-hand corner, the purple button right there, to say what you're grateful for, that'd be great. I'll share it right here and uh, probably end up following you. So um, go ahead, Point, Point Verde, whatever whatever the name of it is, Point Villa app. Go ahead, man. Oh, thank you. We'll keep the name a mystery. Um, Appreciate you. Great space. Thought I'd jump in with some hopium predictions for 2023. Just uh, one. Just one. Don't okay. go crazy. Good. So Jerome, well, it's kind of connected. He's going to he's gonna stop starving us to death. Jerome, he may not turn back the money printer totally on, but rates are going to stop going up. Bitcoin and Ethereum are going to go up, and the retail investors are going to come back in, and we're going to keep growing in Web3. That's all I got. It's going to be good. It's not going to suck like this year. <laughs> okay well, my prediction is yep. definitely for positiveness i'm gonna say for positivity's sake i'm gonna say that games hopefully we'll see some games in the space that actually take us to a new level and uh increase like adoption of blockchain technology not just to just to use blockchain technology, but actually to use it for what it's really for. I think that's great to have digital ownership and access and make sure that things are real and not fake. You know what I mean? Like I like the idea, I like the idea of products like being identified 
through blockchain of like whether or not you can tell they're authentic or not authentic. And that actually saves a lot of people money so they don't buy fake things. I think that's a big one. And I, we've seen that recently with, uh, you know, shirts and wearables and things like that with like these uh, NFC chips in them. You can determine whether they're real or not. The thing, the downside of what the NFC chip is, is that you could actually remove it and put it into something else um, and then be like, yeah, this is, a, this is a legit thing. And it's like, I don't know why you would do that, but, you know, some people might do that. Good times. So um, moving on, anybody else have any positive takes here? Mariana or um, Nick Young or actually, that, I think that's it, right? And Mariana, go for it. If you have something super positive for 2023. Yeah, I really want, I really believe that more education and um, cohorts will be coming into the space in terms of like blockchain developments. I actually participated in one by Crypto Tech Woman. Um, I think they're going to, I think there's, or yeah, there's another one by Women in Web3. They're going to have probably more. So I really just want to see more educational uh, Web3 uh, development courses be made. So I think 2023 will be the year that we'll see more um, people really dive into it and see what they can do in blockchain. So I'm going to stay positive for the education and development side of Web3. Yeah. All right. I like it. HBA, what do you got, man? Positive. I think that um, we're going to go into the new year with a different type of collaboration. Um, I think we've kind of, you know, Fishy Fam, we kind of started off with the, you see like those posts where projects collab during whitelist, but they don't really collab that much afterwards. I think, honestly, a lot of projects are going to merge, you know, mid-year next year because there's great communities that are kind of, stuck where they're just not big enough but if they merge with the right projects that have similar ip and similar goals and aspirations i think they could really create powerhouses that could maybe compete in the mid to you know maybe two eth range yeah yep i like that i actually think just one collection of nfts and like you know four or five thousand holders is more powerful than an influencer with like a million followers because, uh, you know, they're financially incentivized to actually try to make the project, you know, try to do what, you know, needs to be done for the project so they actually can increase the floor price of, you know, their holdings. It's definitely interesting. And then merging those, like, three, four, five of those communities together, it's, they're on, you'd be unstoppable if you, unstoppable if you could do that. The problem with that is it's, like, who manages it? Like, at you know, five communities merged, who's the boss? You know, like, which which team uh, manages the five communities all in one. Like, how does that work? And you know what I mean? Like, it's just when you get more, the more people you add, the more egos you add, the more people you add, it's going to cause like more like butting of heads and like, it's, it's just a thing. So Hey, go ahead, Nick. So it kind of leads me, I, like, I made me think of a question. Um, cause what if you like kind of marketed your NFT drop? Like if you're, if you're thinking of doing an NFT drop and you're really trying to do like a project raise, like think about actually organizing it under 99 people with like an actually high mint price. And you really like pitch an idea. You could probably get like 99 people in the web three space to invest in your idea. But if you treat it like an actual partnership, like create a partnership and you would have to dox people and stuff, it would have to only be us citizens, but still you're only looking for 99 people. Right. So I think like if you have a good enough idea, you'll find 99 people who are interested. And, and they would, you know, all dox to each other and become partners in this or shareholders in an escort, right? You keep it under 99, you do an escort. 
Wow, um, you're really getting the, you're, yeah, it depends. You're really I getting thought about, you're all really, I thought about was 99 problems. I know, me too. You're really getting in some deets here, bro. Like, it's some pretty big deets. Um, yeah, I don't really... Yep, there's a lot of there's a lot of ins and outs with like partnerships and and fellowships of the ring and whatever you want to you know call it in this case like um, with all the lore yeah. going around or at least people caring about the lore in like 2021 during the ball and the beginning of 2022 and then as soon as the you know the bear market was on us people were like who cares about your stories I want to know about <laughs> what's my ROI <laughs> well well I I do think one thing that uh, HBA touched on like uh, I could see lines looking at other lines as kind of like real estate or as you know getting a p bigger you know piece of the pie of the market you know so I do see like incubation of complete lines happening next year from other successful projects I think that's going to definitely happen yep all right last words HBA because we're going to close the show out here in a couple of minutes go for it yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is, you know, being a founder and, um, you know, I bet there's other founders in here is there's a certain point in time where like you kind of need to save your project's capital where you don't pay yourself and you start to work for free. Right. So if you kind of think of it in a strategic way, if you're going to merge is say, you know, a project like Fishy Fam, I'm a marketer. Right. You find another project that has, let's say, a front end dev, a solidity dev. Right. You can have a combination of people that can work together, save the treasury, and then use the treasury in the long term, and also go down the pathway of why are we dropping V2 collections, right? Maybe instead of dropping V2 collections, the V2 collection is a merge of another project coming in, and that becomes the V2 collection. Yeah, I like that. There's no question about it. That's a that's a great move. I think transferring one from one chain to another, like I don't want to bring any projects up in, uh, you know, basically by name, but there are projects that are like literally jumping chains because they're getting paid to jump chains, you know, like again, uh, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, you know, if some, if a chain's got like funds in a bank somewhere and they're like, Hey, you know what, if you want to come support our chain, like we'll give you millions of dollars to like take your most popular project and bring it over here. Here you go. Here's the deal for us. And all that, all those funds go to, you know, basically the, the founders of the project. So, you know, jumping chains, you know, might be super lucrative for them, even though everybody else hates it. And at the end of the day, the founders, you know, you don't own, you don't own stock in these companies. You don't own stock in these projects. Like you just have a, a, a image, you know what I mean? Like that's, you know, basically associated with a, a you know, basically a token. So it's like, guys, like, and girls, like it's not, you do, you're not a shareholder and you don't really have a say. Yes, you should do your community right and what they want and you should listen and take their advice and iterate. But we can definitely tell like what, you know, at the end of the day, like if you are doing things your community doesn't like on the whole, um, it's good and it's bad, right? The good part is like you're, you're making changes that's good for the company that's going to keep you going you know what I mean? Like that's at the end of the day, that's what it is. And there's the bad side where it's like, you're not listening to the community that actually vouched for you guys. So because of your terms and conditions and privacy policy and all that stuff, you don't have to listen. You know what I mean? Like they've already, you know, they bought and that's it, you know? So, um, at the end of the day, they, they do what's, they do what's right for them. Rather and, than on the, and, 
And on a decentralized philosophy, also, it gives those founders the right to do what they do. And as a holder, it gives the right to do what you're going to do as well. So like if we're talking totally. about decentralization, you know, uh, fa- creators and founders need to have the the wiggle room to be successful and make these moves, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I actually think like it's if you don't want to be part of a project, just sell your asset. Don't complain. Don't like think it's a re you know, don't buy a reason so that you can actually scream at someone or think you have like this, uh, right to do things that you don't. I mean, you're, you're buying something and you buy something from like, let's just say you buy a stock, you buy, you know, some shares from Tesla. Are they, are you going to scream at Elon? Are you going to have a chance to talk to Elon yet? These people, you know, people who are buying the NFTs are like, wondering like why isn't the founder responding to me and it's like come on dude like can't respond to everybody you bought into a project you own like 50 or 100 nfts and you know this is just like five of them out of the 100 so you're not buying um voting rights you're not buying shares you're literally just buying an nft that actually might go up might go down highly speculative very much like gambling that's my opinion at least like if you're you don't have a thesis and an investment strategy, you're definitely going to, you know what I mean? Like, and you get emotionally attached to the art. Great. Stay emotionally attached to the art. Just don't complain when like the floor doesn't stay or the price doesn't stay at a certain level. And you're like really unhappy about that. I think it's interesting. So anyway, I mean, that's all I got for today. This was kind of like a a slower day for me and uh, you know, quick check-in. Thanks everybody for showing up today. Last words, last parting words for everybody on the, on the stage real quick. Crip King, go for it, man. Yeah. uh, One thing you said a second ago, like uh, we need to go back to the basics and buy art for the love of art. I've been doing that a lot lately and it's been wonderful. And uh, and, you know, like at the end of the day, Web2 successful business practices are successful in the Web3 space as well. Absolutely. Nick Young, go for it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still uh, I've been kind of like working for this last like 10 minutes. So I was kind of in and out. But just last words for the last words for the show because I'm, I'm closing up the show. Yeah, uh, I don't really have any. I, I think just you know, hopefully we'll have a good year. Uh, cross your T's and dot your I's. Do your own research. You know, like the, the, we just kind of bubble up at the moment. <laughs> exactly, Mariana. Are you still jogging, or do you have some? Last yeah, words? sure. I can say something. Um, my last words would be: this space will only grow in value to how much you contribute to the space. So if you're not contributing any value, the space won't be valuable. So I would just say, yeah, teach someone new, educate everyone, um, just always contribute to Web3, whether that's through supporting an NFT project, making a video, content, you name it. But yeah, just be valuable for the space to grow. Boom. HBA, last words. I would say, I would just say straight up, stay real. Don't change because others around you might not represent who you are. Be yourself and and be proud of it. I love it. Dude, HBA, man, coming in. That was some pretty deep alpha, guys. Always be yourself. 